Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And what's going on? Happy, happy Wednesday after, or Wednesday morning to everybody. It's the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast, brand new edition, Desmond Johnson, Beat writer for Sports Illustrated, Skylar Callahan, Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart, in the house. Uh, thanks to everybody that's been uh, watching, listening, supporting the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Uh, if you know, some news dropped yesterday. Uh, I've been tabbed to actually start a new Panthers podcast channel for the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, that'll actually, I believe, new episodes start dropping next week. Um, so you can get the best of the best of other Panthers content creators. Uh, I'll give you some more details on that. Just follow me at uh, uh, DEZ underscore 3505. Doesn't affect the Believe in Panthers podcast one bit. We'll still be here with you, giving you the latest uh, news and updates from one of the top spots to get it from uh, in Carolina Panther Nation. Got a lot to get to today. We'll get some news from the week. A couple of, uh, well, a signing uh, the Panthers had. We'll discuss that. Uh, CJ Stroud, Skyler, actually just dropped a brand new article. Go get that uh, right now. Uh, well, not right now. When you're done with us, then go over to uh, All Panthers. Uh, the si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Panthers uh, page where you can go and get uh, new articles from him. He just dropped one on why CJ Stroud should be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Uh, we're going to look at some tape that he had pulled and uh, see if me and uh, me and Stu agree if he should be the number one pick when that's said and done. And we also, I wouldn't say we've ignored it, but we haven't really talked defense yet. Uh, the past month or so, we've been kind of lashed onto that number one pick, knowing they're going after a quarterback. Uh, what defensive needs does this team really need after the free agency uh, spending that they just had? And, of course, the NFC South. Who else has made moves uh, in the division? We'll take a quick look at that as well, see where the Panthers stand amongst all of that. So we got a lot to get to. It's also open mailbag, as it is every single week here on Believe in Panthers. You can definitely chime in, like Chris Shepard uh, chiming in. He's in the house. Uh, Rhea Lackney is in the house as well. If you got a hot take, you got a comment, something that you want to say about what's going on, not just with the Panthers, but maybe the NFL in general, you can put it here on the Facebook watch page or the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco road sports radio. And we'll answer it live on the air before we get into the nitty gritty of everything. A word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Now that college basketball is over, get again analysis of every play, prop, and point on Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds from everything from live games to conference championships, right through to the Final Four and championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. I think I read the read for last week, so it's uh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> they still get their uh, their shine. That does, that is a nice little segue to what we were talking about off camera before we came in here, and it was we were trying to decide if we were going to do Tell Them Why You're Mad or not. Uh, we hadn't really done it in a couple of weeks, and I, I've been arguing with folks online 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mess. I'm gonna tell you why we mess. The whole LSU Iowa women's college basketball final and what happened at the end with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and all that stuff. They've both of them have been like, you know, we're cool. And Clark's already been like, I don't mind her doing it. I do it all the time myself. So, which is what half of us were saying. But I'm more upset at the ones that have not watched women's college basketball all year. And that was the only time that they had watched it. So they came away with it thinking, oh, that angel chick is a thug. Caitlin Clark is an angel. What's she doing? To, why is she doing it to her? <laughs> <laughs> it was so frustrating to see the narrative where it's like, I can't believe that she would run after her on the court and do this. And I'm just like, Stu, you're a former athlete. Skyler, you've played sports. Like, this happens, right? Like, this isn't like something where it's all lily white and nobody says anything to anybody. I'm around these high school kids all the time. I just watched a kid do the gritty at half court with like 10 seconds left in a game <laughs> before it ended. Uh, like, this, this is the new thing now, right? Like, well, this isn't even new. Like, <clears> it's not new. Yeah. Nothing, none of this is new, especially in basketball. Like, we're talking basketball. Fellas. Talk about it. This is the most trash-talking sport probably amongst all of them. Like, Michael Jordan was the best of all of them. The Larry, Bird. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, you have the greatest players of all time that have that that about them that they like to get in their opponent's head. Um, now, you're down 15, and someone's talking junk about you on the court. You shouldn't be down 15. I don't have anything else to say about it. <laughs> like, and, and the thing, but the thing is, the both, both, both of these girls are top-notch players, right? They're 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 respected, like probably the best in college history. Maybe they're calling, they're calling I mean, I, I know Clark is. Kate, yeah. yeah, they're calling Kate and Clark Steph Curry right now, like right. Stephanie Curry. I keep seeing that falling around her, and she's legit. Like, she will come down and shoot a thirty-foot three in your face. Right. <laughs> and so I mean. Late. Like, nobody has to defend her about mm-hmm. why someone's rubbing a loss in her face. She can defend her own. Like, but it, what bothers me about it is people that have not, what you said, people that have not been watching women's basketball all year long, and then they have something to say about something that they are not in favor of. Like, yeah. oh, the women shouldn't be you know, talking junk to each other. You should be, should be like, nice and dainty. But, re- but let's really call it what it is. Black girl talking junk. White girl talking junk. It's just different to the public eye. It comes For off whatever as reason, it's wrong. Yeah, it comes off as aggression, I think. And that, right. that rubs people a certain way. And it's like... And I can't... But we got to get... We got to look past these things now. Like, we just went through 2020... 2019, y'all, we got, we was able to sit at the house and talk about these types of things. All right. (laughs) So like for you to just come from the left field and say, oh, she's classless. She's a classless, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, you talk about your boy. uh, Yeah. Barstool dude. Um, Yeah. Barstool. uh, What's his name? Dave Portnoy. Portnoy. Yeah. Yeah. These are high. These are college kids. Like, go ahead. I see Skyler wanting to say something about that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the thing that immediately popped into my head, and I think someone put it on Twitter too, is y'all remember when Tom Brady like ran down the field and chased down? Was it Tyron Matthew? Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Oh, and no yeah. One thing about that, they were just like, whatever. Like, so, oh, that's just Tom Brady being being Tom competitive Brady and a leader. Yeah. Like, <laughs> here's my stance on the whole situation. Like, I I don't care that she did it. I really don't. Um, 
because she has every right to. I don't think it's a lack of sportsmanship or anything like that. Did she maybe go a little far at the end of the game when it was already over and they were shaking hands and they were leaving the court? Okay, that's when I'd be like, all right, I'd be a little annoyed at that point. But it's still, I'm not – if I was Caitlin Clark, like, I wouldn't take it that person. And she didn't. Like, that's yeah. the thing that's cool to me. Like, Clark, right. Clark she, actually handled she it. She didn't. But these yeah. other people that got some anger yeah. in their hearts and their <laughs> spirits that they need to, like, digest about black people, y'all need to go. We, we, we need. It's the stage, man. You could tell yeah. that those girls, that was an emotional game. That was personal for LSU. Like, LSU, and they said it on the uh, on the stage after uh, it was over and they were getting interviewed. They were like, look, y'all disrespected South Carolina. That's our SEC, you know, sisters. Like, Y'all disrespected them. Like, Caitlin Clark, there was a part in that South Carolina game where uh, the girl was standing at the three-point line, and Caitlin Clark would not go out and guard her and waved her off, like, well, on national TV. Me. Like, 10, like, y'all down by 15, don't talk to me. <laughs> Get out of here. I don't need to guard <laughs> people's faces. Like, this is not new. This is the same thing, too, where uh, it wasn't even Clark. It was some other girl that almost got into a fight in the, uh, the handshake line because she had been talking smack all day. And the girl from the other team like pulled her like close in the, in the line was like, "Hey, if I see you outside, it's gonna be something." She's like, "Okay, okay, whatever." And then she goes through the line. If anything, all this stuff gave so much shine to women's uh, college basketball. Like, I think six million people watched that national championship game. It was nine point nine. Nine point. Oh my god! So not almost yeah. ten million people watched the national championship women's basketball game at three thirty four o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday in the middle of uh, Final Four weekend. Yeah. WrestleMania yeah, weekend, like all this other stuff was going on, and they they showed out. So I, I want to make sure we talk about that they that that surpassed in terms of like there was a primetime NFL game that compl- it completely obliterated views. Um, I think it was maybe something in the NBA playoffs. Um, there was there was some like really weird game or, or not weird games, but like big time games or events that that championship game outperformed. On TV. Mm-hmm. It's so, good for the sport like, going forward, too, because Clark is a junior. She'll, I don't think she's going to declare. She has to come back. Yeah, so she'll she'll be back. Uh, uh, Angel, I think she's a junior. She'll be, she's already transferred once. She came from Maryland. So uh, lots of storylines there. South Carolina, Dawn Staley, some people consider her one of the best coaches, period, in basketball right now. So uh, a lot of stories there. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that going forward. But I just wanted to start off the show with that. Um, because we hadn't really done a tell them why you mad in a, in a minute. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. Let's get to the uh the news from the week real quick. Um, I wanted to talk about. Well, it's not a whole lot to talk about, but you might have saw last uh, yesterday actually the Panthers signed linebacker Kamu Rugier Hill. Was that is that how you say it? Kamu Kamu Rugier. Okay, so it is. I I double checked myself because I was like, oh, this doesn't sound right. I'm still calling Camel. Camel. Skyler, is he a dog? He's uh, for his role, yeah. Um, He's he's never going to be your your guy that's going to go out there and and start 17 games, but he can fill a gap. You know, if, if Frankie happens to miss a game or Shaq happens to miss a game here or there, he can definitely step in and play well. He's a good rotational linebacker, and and as Desmond kind of mentioned earlier, he's going to be a very big part of this uh, the special teams unit, which lost quite a few players uh, this offseason already. I know it's not big-time names or anything that you would think of, but 
Uh, I mean, we've, they've already lost Miles Hartsfield, who's a very, very good special teams player. Um, Sean Chandler, who is a free agent, I still I, I think he's still a free agent. So they've got to fill some gaps, but Grugier Hill is a pretty good one. So he's 28 years old. He's a former six-round draft pick of the New England Patriots. He was waived in September of his rookie year, uh, claimed by the Philadelphia Eagles. There it is. He spent two years around Frank Wright uh, on the other side of the ball, but he was in that building. First three years of his career, uh, he was mainly on special teams. One of the better special teams players in the NFL. Uh, he's gotten more time at linebacker uh, in a reserve role over the past couple of years. So he's played for the Patriots and the Eagles, Dolphins, Texans, Cardinals. Um, last year he had 48 tackles in 15 games. So uh, good depth signing. Uh, I would say. Um, so, well, two years ago, he had over 100 tackles and had like, I yeah. don't even know how many tackles for loss. It was like maybe 13. Is that what so, uh, Houston? That was the Houston year. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, interesting pickup there. Uh, we'll definitely um, keep an eye on that as the free agency is kind of winding down. Most of the, the top names have been signed or, or, or someplace. And now the focus really shifts towards the draft. Um, the Panthers getting ready to have their 30 visits come in. Um, I wanted to, spotlight Skyler's uh article that he just put up and again you can get all this stuff throughout the week uh from all Panthers fan nation uh online uh through Skyler the uh the SI affiliate where he's posting you know a couple articles a day on what's going on with the Carolina Panthers and I wanted to uh you just posted Skyler this article about why CJ Stroud should be the number one pick and I'm glad you did because I've been going back and forth between him and Bryce Young literally by the hour and I can't figure out <laughs> <laughs> like what's what's going to tip me one way or another um this maybe this is it maybe this segment does it because i i can't get off of bryce young when i see him doing like that it factor stuff but i can't get off his frame his his he's so yeah. slight in his frame and it's like well the other guy can do the same thing why am i gonna take the little guy and that's kind of where i'm at um and i'll preface the- this by saying there is going to be one coming on Bryce Young next week on why he should be the number one pick. So this is kind of like making the case for each guy, but you know where I'm, I sit with this. This is the guy right here, C.J. Stroud. Like, this first play uh, was against Arkansas State, um, takes a deep shot on, on a go route, and you'll see when he throws this ball, it's perfectly timed because he's got the, the, the guy at the top of, the, of your screen. He's going to go on a, like a five and out. And he quickly looks his way, looks him off, and then goes deep with it. But the timing of it is so important here because the safety comes crashing down um, from the, the middle of the field. And if it's a half a beat too late, that ball is either picked off or I believe it's Marvin Harrison here that catches this ball. He's going to get rocked, and it's going to be incomplete. So just take a look at this play. I mean, this is just a beautifully timed throw um, by Stroud here. This is uh, from week two, Arkansas State, Ohio State. That receiver caught a touchdown last week. Got a couple of passes early off. in the game today. Stroud throwing. This oh. time it's from Marvin Harrison, Jr. And it's a try for Harrison, Jr. This is early in the game today. A touchdown Got a couple of passes early in the game today. You can see this safety's coming down. And if, if he waits literally half a second longer, he's two yards deeper, probably at the goal line. That safety's breaking that up all day. Mm-hmm. He's perfectly. And if you notice too, as soon as he looked off, I think it was a Buka on the other side. As soon as he looked off him on the other side, he knew 
obviously, the play. So he knew that he had a guy going deep. He trusted Marvin Harrison to beat his guy within the first five or six yards, which he does. And, yeah, he could have had a simple, easy five, six, seven-yard completion to, to the, the other side of the field. But he knows his guy's going to get his, his man beat, and his, all he's got to do is just put it right in the money, and he did. So beautiful that's, throw. That's a, a couple of passes that's early good, in the that's game good, today. Stroud throwing. This time it's for Marvin Harrison, Jr. Can't really do much about that. That's mm. – uh, no. What are your thoughts, Stu? Yeah, he went through his progressions really nice right there. I mean, he understands – he understood the defense, first of all, out the gate and what he needed to accomplish with his eyes and understanding what route combinations to kind of focus on. So, the, you know, uh, that was nice. This is um, a little bit deeper. This is all of 2022, right? No, this is uh, out of my bag of tricks. I, I can't really say how it got, but uh, <laughs> um, but so uh, this these next two are from the same game, and this is actually the same drive. So you'll see this one sets up the touchdown throw. This I I, I got to admit, like, and I said it in the article, hell of a catch by Marvin Harrison. Like, he cannot be made without the way he caught this ball. But you see the pressure that Stroud gets in his face and around his feet towards the end of the, uh, the throw. And the fact that he can lift it up over the nickel, which you'll see right here, kind of in the middle of the field. I mean, it's, he, he couldn't have put, put it anywhere else. Like if he puts it anywhere else, it's an incompletion or picked off it again, ball placement is kind of what I highlighted in this article. And it's uh, just another really good throw. Here we go. So Ohio state versus Iowa. 31 play fake. CJ Stroud winds up. Delivers. Oh! What? Hold on. Wait. <laughs> Let me go back to that again because that I, I wasn't expecting that. I had a first ask him. Now we got a thing at. But yeah, I'll, uh, the way he catches thirty-one. Catch, but yeah. Hold on. Let me. Uh, beautifully thrown right over. Watch how he just lifts it right over the nickel. Hold on here. Here we go. Play fake. CJ Stroud winds up. Deliver. That's come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> come on. That's not that's that's different. Like he literally dropped that in a basket. So is that a better is that a better pass or a better that, catch? That is a great pass that's an even better catch, in my opinion. He had to he, he had to he had to drop that in the basket. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's three defenders around the ball. There's nowhere to go with that ball. So I mean, you got to give credit to CJ, but the catch is just, I mean, come on. Marvin Harrison's gonna be a problem. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of I feel a lot of people were at pro day to watch him, and he can't even come out <laughs> yet. Yeah, so. watching watching a lot of CJ's tape, like Marvin just pops out, and I think this is another one where he goes or maybe no, this one's to Ibuka, um, beautifully thrown. Over the top in the bucket. I mean, I, I, there's really not much to say about this. I mean, it's just, it looks too easy. Produces incredible receivers. CJ Stroud in the end zone. Touchdown, Ibuka. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, again. I was trying to get it before the ad came back in here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, yeah the, the, time, the timing. <gasps> Produces incredible receivers. CJ Stroud in the end. I mean, you can't put it anyplace else. You can't put it anyplace else. Like, what do you think? uh, Did the Panthers give away 
who they're leaning towards when they saw Stroud first on that pro day and they were talking to him and the hot mics were on. Because I kind of feel like he's the leader. He ends up. You can't do it any better than that. That's well. That's, yeah, <laughs> I, I saved I saved the best for last because you, if you think those were impressive, just wait till you see this one. I, I I put this one on Twitter. I've watched this thing probably 40, 50 times, and I, it just blows my mind how he fits this ball in here. So, see this receiver in the slot just outside the hash. He's got a corner kind of somewhat on him, kind of off of him a little bit. He's got a safety, he's got safety help over the top. The corner, or I, I think it may be a linebacker, actually. I can't really tell. The, the, the video is not very great. But yeah. as soon as CJ's back foot touches the 15-yard line, he notices that linebacker corner, whatever position he is, he's got his back turned. So he's in trouble. He's in no man's land, right? So he knows he's got a chance to fit this ball in here. The problem is that safety reads it, and he starts coming down trying to make a play on the ball. I don't understand how there's literally this much room to fit the ball. And I every time I watch it, I think it's going to be picked and somehow he, it's a touchdown. This is uh, against Wisconsin. Slant touchdown Abuka. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean slant touchdown Abuka. How, how does he like he you almost have to like anticipate the, the quarterback has to anticipate that that safety is going to be there before his receiver. So it's almost like he has to anticipate his receiver adjusting before the receiver even knows what's going on. Yeah. That's I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, that, that's a, oh, that's a chemistry throw there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like, you know, Stroud has the ability to, to really understand his receivers because <laughs> these mm-hmm. throws these throws aren't – you can't make these throws, nor can you throw – you can't make these throws unless you trust your receiver. And for him to have that ability with his his core group like this to where, hey, I'm just going to throw it here, you're going you're gonna to catch the ball. You're going to yeah. be okay. Like that, that's, a, that, that's a great feeling for a receiver. I know that. It's over right there. I, <laughs> like right here. This is when it's over. this guy in no man's land. All yeah. he's got to do is make that hard cut inside and throw the ball inside, not behind him or over him mm-hmm. or whatever. You've got him. But, again, the safety, he reads it too. Like, as soon as he gets that – the final drop, stop, uh, step in his drop, he reads it, he's crashing. And, I mean, it's really a 50-50 ball at that point. Yeah. That, you're right. Yeah. Whoever that cornerback linebacker is, with his back turn, yeah. CJ really- sees it immediately, like right here. I will say though that that player, if he's a linebacker or, or nickel, whatever, it's gotta be a he 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 got cussed out after this play. I can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> because like, he was he 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 wasn't supposed to be doing. He wasn't supposed to be in that backfield like that. No. Yeah, he, it's almost because like he's it, coming up blue. because the, because it's either him or the safety's wrong. But the safety looked like he he's doing his job. I mean, the uh, way that they're aligned, it looks like the safety's just there for t- uh, help over the top. Yeah, if but we, we're at, but we're right here on, on the seven, eight yard line. So he never even eight. lines up. He never even he's, lines up over him. Like he looks like yeah. he's floating a little bit. Yeah, um, he's, I'm, he's, I'm wondering too if the guy up the very, very top, because I think if we run it back, he's probably running a po- uh, a, a, a route to the pylon, yeah. back pylon, fade ball. 
So I'm wondering yeah. if he's supposed to cover up there. And yeah, he did. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah. the top obviously was running up towards the back pylon, and it let. Well, no, because that still don't explain what old boy is doing. Like, <laughs> like right no here. Man, my man in no man's land got cussed out. Yeah, but he took. But, but Stroud recognized <laughs> yeah. that, and he took full advantage of the situation. That's, that's why I wanted to highlight the fact that he was able to see that. As it was mm-hmm. going on, because that might not even been his first option, but it became his first option because this when he saw Buddy uh, hesitating, mm-hmm. he who hesitates is lost. It's almost like they were trying to 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 fake blitz uh, Stroud, and he just like yeah. read it. I've seen coffee house blitzes, but that don't see. No. He just he turned his hips. And... Touchdown, Abuka. If you got a quarterback yeah. that can do this, so that's easy. That's easy money, yeah. right? Like easy I mean, money in the red zone. You like crazy. that in the red zone. So, mm. uh, so I mean, great article. Definitely go check. And it. and Desmond, you want to know for all those that are listening and watching, we just picked up a receiver that can make those same type of catches. Thielen. Yep. Ooh, yeah. In the slot. If if you mm. look at you look at a lot of Thielen's catches, it's like, wait, how do you catch that? Yep. Yep. Exactly <laughs> so, right. You get a quarterback like that with him to to really like get to know each other. You might have convinced me on first, the tight end. They haven't had pass catchers at, at the position. You got Miles Sanders, who as a rookie, I think he had like forty or fifty catches. He's mm-hmm. coming downhill since, but which might be why they were okay with letting Deonta Foreman go because I, I would imagine Sanders is better out of the backfield catching the football than than Foreman was. Um, and Hubert uh, Hubert can catch out of the backfield too, so. It's just wild to me that they talked about having a plan, and it feels like they actually do. Like, <laughs> there is a plan. Like, the, all the moves make sense. They all connect to something else, or there, there's something, there's a reason why you're here. Like, you know? It seemed, it seemed before, and I know we don't like to talk about the past in, in a certain coach or anything, but it seemed like during that time frame, right, all these decisions in terms of the draft, free agency, trades, whatever, it was just kind of like, Hey, let's just throw a dart at this. Let me see if this works and plug try to plug this in here. That's not always going to work. You have to have a formulated game plan and a vision for what you're trying to do. You can't take a guy that may be a great, you know, slot receiver and try to move him outside if he's not had experience out there or doesn't have the traits of a guy that can go vertical, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that before. We've seen running backs who have been trying to maybe they're a good inside zone scheme runner. They try to go outside. You got to play to your strengths. You have to have a vision for this puzzle that you're trying to build. This coaching staff married up with Scott Fitterer and everybody else. It's like, okay, we've got a guy that can attack the middle of the field and Adam Thielen. You've got a, another guy in Hayden Hurst. You've got a guy that can stretch the field vertically now in DJ Sharp. You have an offensive line that can kind of put it all together. You have Miles Sanders who can do multiple things out of the backfield. Now you just got to get a guy that can distribute the ball. And this is my maybe my favorite thing about C.J. Stroud, other than the ball placement, he throws guys open constantly. Mm-hmm. There's parts, there's other, there's so many clips that I could have pulled. I just wanted to pull the the ball placement stuff. But there's so many uh, so many games where he had guys just absolutely blanket coverage, where he looked like he had no chance of getting a completion. Just throws him open. He throws him towards the sideline deeper down the field, he, he makes them come back to the ball, but he puts it in spots where his guy can only get it. And that's the really most impressive thing about C.J. Stroud. The dude's going to be very, very good. I'm telling you right now. 
Stu, real talk. How many quarterbacks do you think in your career, high school, college, and pro, have you played with that could actually throw guys open? Oh, that's a rare trait, isn't it? I mean, not every quarterback can do that. At least in this uh, stage of development, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's a good question. I mean, I feel like I feel like most majority, majority, like not in high school, clearly. Uh, <laughs> I ran the, we ran the ball a bunch. Uh, college, Dennis Dennis Dixon um, was really good with his touch. I remember him. And yeah. and he he was able to throw. Um, throw us open. Um, you know, we had a little bit of struggles, you know, on some guys that couldn't, you know, catch the ball. But um, yeah, you ain't got to think. Put any names. But I think the biggest thing is, is like, <laughs> like, like Cam, for instance. Like when Cam was locked in, he was throwing guys open. Like, wait, wait, how did he even throw that ball through the line of scrimmage like that? Cam was or how, or how did or how did he even like like there was I remember one play in the red zone I forgot who we were playing but he threw it to to, to Ed Dixon um on the scene and he like it just went through the offensive it just went I through the exactly line of scrimmage talking about yep. it was like a sidearm or something like that and it was like in this place where only Ed could catch it the only place. Through a defensive lineman, a linebacker, and a safety, and the air. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I found a clip actually. I'm, I'm as soon as it's Liberty Mutual, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> run. But like Cam would make throws like this that just like wowed me. I'm like, wow, that's why you are, you know, Superman because you have the confidence in making these types of throws. <laughs> the, the ability to throw. A football through men <laughs> and get it to yeah. a target and and know it's going to get there is a special yeah. trait and that's why these guys go number one overall there's a reason why cam newton went number one overall he was different than blaine gabbert and blaine gabbert couldn't do those kind of things although that conversation was going on that entire <laughs> track man, all you got to do is look at their profile picture man i've been telling you <laughs> <laughs> here's the uh Here's the play that you're talking about, actually. As soon as you yeah. start, as soon as you said Ed Dixon, I knew exactly what you were talking about. Cam Newton threads insane needle pass to Ed Dixon. Uh, this is against the Falcons, actually. I think this was 2015. Yeah. This was 2015. Yeah, I'm yeah, okay. Here we go. Big check on Olsen. And a second and goal with 22 seconds to go. Newton. I don't know what happened with the camera there. <laughs> I don't know why it went blurry during the, the best part of the replay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's see if they'll show it from there's a there's a camera angle that they a show different it from. Angle. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Look how happy everybody is. Yeah. Twenty-seven, nothing. First half. Give me the. about to show it here. Let's do. Get in there. Notes this week. So, so like, was on my notes when it came to Cam like to know like where Ed was gonna be in that type of route. That's a quick feel route. Like you know what I'm saying. Like like look at this. Look at this. Like I'm telling y'all, man. Like this this man was special. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to compare the man, but I mean, 
has some. We just saw a couple thirds like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We really <laughs> did. We really did. Around the dude's head. Has some over the next guy. Like he hit it. Like if for the for those that golf, the term is he just threw a draw. <laughs> My lord, you hit a draw right oh. to left. I, mean, I can't. I mean, if hey, if you're telling me Skyler that CJ Stroud can do that, then sign me yeah. up because uh, up that's different. <laughs> that you can't do I mean, that. It's uh, five foot ten. <laughs> the whole kind of th- like my whole thinking about this whole thing is like when you look at these four quarterbacks and they can say they're all in consideration all they want. Will Rep Levis and Anthony Richardson, and I know Stu loves Anthony Richardson, but there is a lot of work that's going to have to go into those two guys. Yeah, it's a project. You have, and I'm not saying they can't ever be good, but there's a lot of work, and that's going to take time. And I don't know how much time the Panthers have in terms of this winning window. Like you always say, there's like a four or five-year window the teams have. Mm-hmm. And if you if you draft Anthony Richardson, you draft Will Levis, you're probably going to not get those guys to start till year two, maybe year three. And all of a sudden, you're having to pay Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown, you got Brian Burns' contract. You got all these other guys. Icky Aquano is going to start getting paid. And then you're going to have to also pay that quarterback. Yeah. Where if you take a, a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, it's go now. It's win now. It's the and same scenario that he saw in Seattle with uh, yeah. Russell Westbrook on a rookie deal. And your, your defense is loaded. Well, well, and, or what did I say? Well, oh, I said Westbrook. Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't play for long. He's a basketball guy. Um, Clay Wright uh, actually comments off topic, but speaking of Ed Dixon, what are Stu's thoughts on Ed recovering his fumble for a touchdown in the Super Bowl year? Oh, oh man, that was that was that was the year when that happened. I knew we was going to be special. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, this is it, the ball was, it was wet. Zone. <laughs> it was a wet, like muggy, like humid mm-hmm. middle. Like, what but it was also October. It was October, November. I can't I think remember. It was a division but, game too. Yeah, it was Tampa Bay. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, I saw a crease. I'm like, oh man, this is nice. And so, like, it was just we were running the ball really well against them and just a freak, like, hit onto my elbow, ball comes out, and then Ed picks it up and runs for a touchdown. I'm on the ground, and I'm saying, <laughs> go, go, go. Oh, I don't even think I love you. Around. I, I, actually, I, I actually went up to Ed. I said, hey, I've already told you, but. I love you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the ball was in the air. Like, it popped out from you. It never touched the ground. Oh, yeah, it never touched the ground. It just popped yeah, like, up it in the air. Yeah. It, like, mid-stride, and just everybody was going yeah. the same direction. And, like, that's what I remember. Yeah. The ball was going towards the end zone no matter what. And uh, When you have plays like that, that's when you know you're going to go to far. And yeah. The odds are in your favor. Um, yeah. Bullison says Bryce holding the ball in the NFL will be night and day difference. Everybody talking – Everybody talks Drew Brees comparison when Sean Payton had that ball out most of each game. I think he's mentioning – I think he's trying to say that Payton was pushing for Brees to get that ball out within three seconds. Yeah. And I don't know if Bryce Young does that. Actually, now that I think about it, he does kind of he hold on to it. Yeah. He holds on to it. Is that because he was behind the Alabama offensive line, though? I mean, that they're going to be in the top five offensive line every year. I haven't watched – I'm doing his tape next week. From the the little bits I've seen, he's very calculated. Like he's he's got to be very sure of himself. CJ's more of as soon as I see a little bit of a crease, balls out. 
Would you prefer um, that? I think I'd prefer that. Like I want that quick that, that I want a guy I want a guy that's not data driven. Yeah. Because feel. At the end of the day, you gotta feel it. Yeah. Like 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 can that last throw that we just saw um with Stroud, um when he saw Buddy hesitating, he felt like Buddy didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's really what happened. Like, and oh, so he you. made and so he's like, oh, gotcha. Yep. Put him in the spin processor and very clean mechanics. Like I, there's not very many flaws in his mechanics at all. Yeah. And or in his game. You you go back and watch every <laughs> single game. I did that the last five or six days. There is not one game that you're just like, that one right there, that that's the game that I'm like a little caught up on. There's not one of that. His his worst game was like Maybe Northwestern. He was like 10 of 26, but they had some drops. The weather was crappy. They were kind of playing a different style of game that day anyway. It's like even then he really wasn't bad. It's like there's not one game where I'm like there. there's a red flag. I think uh, Anthony Rich is going to end up in Seattle, I feel like, more and more. Well, it just sets up well. For first place or their second pick? That's the question. Yeah, I don't know if Seattle's going to trade up for him, uh, but it feels like he'll end up there. 18. You think he would go second? We're back off the board, Anthony Richardson, over Bryce Young, or a well, Levis. I think Levis is sabotaging his own thing, from what I'm seeing. Like these interviews he's having, like he's coming off real arrogant, real cocky. Um, yeah, we don't, I, we don't want that type. We of don't guy. need that coming in here. Like we just saw that last year with, uh, yeah, with man, Zach. Wilson. Shut up, dog. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to listen. Shut to up, bro. Zach Wilson. I, I pay taxes, bro. <laughs> 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 so, so we'll so next week we'll actually have your footage on uh, on Bryce Young and maybe you'll shift this back over to Bryce Young again because right now I'm on the CJ Stroud train. Yeah, I, I'm on I'm on this nice little CJ Stroud high right nice. now. I'm not gonna I lie to see, you, man. I want to see the AR15 uh, videos. I want yeah. Make sure you give us the AR15. Yeah, I want to see. Don't discriminate against my guy. I've already got the clips pulled for AR. Um, yeah, I, I, want, I want all. I want all reasons why we should. <laughs> okay, I want to hear man, why we should. Stroud is kind of the one where I'm like, if they if they pick him, I'm I'm just I'm not gonna have any like issues with. If it's CJ Stroud, I'm like, all right, whatever. Well, Stroud, I'm let's go. This Don't is my rest. take. CJ Stroud is the safest pick, and I said this before. Yeah, CJ Stroud is the safest pick in this draft. If you want to be analytical, you would pick Young. But if you a betting man and you want to, hey, you a betting man, put your chips where they're supposed to be and just go. And because I mean, at the end of the day, like, like, I feel like times are changing, bro. Like, the draft is, is not what it used to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're getting guys that, like Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, uh, these weren't first round draft picks, but they were picked by someone. Yeah, Brock right? Purdy. You know what I'm saying? Brock Purdy. He was seven. He was last. So, year. so if you can be the if you can be the if you can be the team that just picks the right guy before someone else picks the right guy, that's all that matters. First round, second round, third round, whatever it is. If Anthony Richardson is a first round pick and someone else gets him and he ends up being a guy, you're gonna you miss that boat. But he's but to me, he's only a guy in the right coaching staff. See, it's kind of reminding me of when Lamar Jackson came out. 
because if Lamar was almost not a first round pick, he went at the 32nd pick to the Ravens. Like everyone had a chance to pick him, including the Carolina Panthers. And we all passed him and the yeah. Ravens got him, put him in a, a, the right situation for him. And he, he was an MVP like two years later. Like, I mean, it kind of Anthony Richardson kind of reminds me of that a little bit without the, the Heisman, but similar type games. I guess Lamar's probably a little bit more accurate. Well, he is more accurate. I mean, more, well, Lamar Jackson was more seasoned because he played more games. Right. Yeah. Anthony Richardson, he's only played 12. So that's that's the that's the scary part of all this. Yeah. And you know, I think that's really where my heart stands. At the end of the day, whether we draft whoever we draft, we'll be all right. And wherever Anthony Richardson go, you know where my brain gonna go. <laughs> Watching that boy. wherever he lands, and he's like a good kid. So it's Atlanta. Yeah. It's I'm gonna be watching Atlanta. Oh, boy, oh, I, man. if he goes to Atlanta, I might go watch an Atlanta game. <laughs> Actually, that's a good segue into taking a look around the NFC South just to kind of see what other uh, teams have been doing in comparison to what we've been doing. I was looking at this, uh, another another great uh, article from Skyler. Uh, they posted a couple of days ago, uh, NFC South moves, additions, departures, and remaining free agents for each team. Um, I was looking through it. Atlanta's done some stuff. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize Taylor Heineke signed with Atlanta. Uh, Jonah Smith. Uh, they traded for him, the tight end, so they compare him with uh, Kyle Pitts on the other side. Kalias Campbell, isn't he like 43 years old? He's still playing? He's still played up. Huh. He's still playing. Uh, Jesse Bates, the free safety. Uh, they re-signed some guys. They, eh, they, they, Marcus Mariota's gone. Uh, I don't see any major departures besides that. And then free agents that they had. Uh, Demir Bird's a familiar name for Panther fans. Um Rashad Evans, he played here. So they they kind of feel like they're treading water. And then, like, uh, if you go down to, like, the Saints, Derek Carr, the, uh, they signed him at quarterback. Um, got some defensive tackles to replace some guys they lost. Uh, they re-signed Jameis Winston, so he's still there. Michael Thomas re-signed. Keith Kirkwood re-signed. And then you got, like, uh, the people that left. I think Andy Dalton leaving this team is going to be bigger than what people are talking about because he was kind of steadying of the ship like with them last year shot totals here the defensive tackle he's on yeah. carolina um yeah tuttle yeah listen tuttle the more i keep thinking about tuttle and like just kind of he randomly pops up on you know uh, social media or some stuff like that but that right there just remember this conversation tuttle gonna be a difference maker like i don't know what oh yeah okay like we haven't had a guy like that in the middle, probably especially since. like especially in this defense. Like, hmm. like we need a guy like that. We need, we need a a motor, a guy that has an edge, but really it's just motor. <laughs> like a, a guy that just Lule? like a star guy Lule that just right? yeah okay, but just even more of a motor. Like just go 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 go. I'll take that. <laughs> like I'll I'm take active. That I'm active with my hands. I'm just I'm just trying to make a difference out there. Why? Everybody um, talks about how like Von Bell like opens up things for Jeremy Chen. It's very similar for uh, Shy doing the same thing for Derek Brown because Derek yeah. Brown he got so much stuff those first few years in the league. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, Tampa. I don't know what I think Tampa's and, caught in this weird. Tampa's in this weird gray area where they can't decide if they want to still try to compete because the, the division's open or if they want to just kind of, you know, bomb out and restart. Baker Mayfield's over there. 
they haven't really signed anybody. Now I'm sitting there looking at it. Uh, they resigned a bunch of guys, Levante David, uh, Russell Gage, the wide receiver. So they've kept some of their guys, but then they lost, of course, the GOAT. Tom Brady's retired, Scotty Miller. Yeah. I think uh, they're gonna. I think they're in a season of healing their wounds. Of, yeah, there's of departures. You want my way too early prediction? And I don't think it's really a bold one, but I guarantee you, Tampa Bay finishes dead last in the division. I think so too. Oh, I think they're trying easy. to. Uh, yeah. Blaine Gabbert, Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, Rashawn Pierman, Julio Jones, Kyle Rudolph, Akeem Hicks. Those are all free agents. Logan Ryan, Ryan suck up the kicker. Like they haven't really tried to replenish any of that back. And then you look at what Carolina's done in comparison to all of that. Uh, adding Andy Dalton from the Saints, Miles Sanders, Thielen, Chark, Hurst. Uh, they added Justin McCray at O line, Shy Tuttle, Deshaun Williams, Von Bell, resigned Bradley Bozeman, Panero, uh, the kicker. You know, I do know why I'm mad, does. I do know. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Because this just popped up to my head, and I thought about it the other day, and I wanted to bring it on. When teams go through a successful period like the Buccaneers did, right, then all of a sudden a great player moves on, such as Tom Brady, and all of a sudden you kind of have to hit the reset button a little bit. Well, that reset button is probably a little bit bigger than what the front office and the G- and the, the, the owner thinks, right? And they think they can just bring in a guy like Baker Mayfield, and it's going to be okay. It's not, you know. We all know this, right? Yeah. So what happens when those expectations aren't met? All of a sudden, boom, coach is fired. You got to start over. You tear the whole dang thing down. My biggest issue with the NFL, and it's not just the NFL, it's all across sports. You go through a successful period, and you have a little bit of a reset button error period. Why do you have to get rid of your coach that just had that successful period? You're going to have – ups and downs throughout, you know, years of, of having a team. Like, don't get rid of Todd Bowles because I guarantee you this is what's going to happen. Tampa Bay is going to go from first to worst. They may do it two years in a row, and all of a sudden Todd Bowles is out of a job. Yep. Yeah, wow. Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera had the most successful era in Panthers history, and two years yeah, after, exactly. out. <laughs> it's like yeah. uh, I would have rather rebuilt with Ron, to be honest. But uh, why, why feel the need to – to have to go through rebuild, you feel like you have to get somebody else. You don't. Maybe some of that is just uh, – because a lot of times it'll be like a new GM comes in, the GM wants their own coach, that kind of thing. Or that's the the narrative. Well, that's honestly, it wasn't. Yeah, it was – Marty Herney was doing it. <laughs> so it was like they could have just – That was more yeah. Tepper decision, really. Yeah, that was but Tepper wanting to put his own stamp on the team. Um, I think he's learned from all that, though. Uh, oh, yeah. I just re- – okay, so Stu's got a heart out here in a couple minutes, and – the title of this episode was the one with the defensive side, and we have not spent any time <laughs> <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so before we get out of here, uh, name one position of need you think is the biggest need on the defensive side, knowing the additions that they have signed in free agency, uh, knowing what we already had there. What's the one spot you can think of off the top of your head that you feel like that might be that pick number 39 uh, that they're going to have at the top of the second? Uh, Stu, you go first. I think DB, um, and only just from the standpoint, Dante Jackson coming off of Achilles. Um, you just got to make sure you have that depth. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so CJ Henderson and JC uh, Horn, although Horn's been hurt the past few years. Um, 
And then I I just love I just like the, the the idea of having depth, especially after watching you know Tom Brady torches. I think that's an eye opening experience for any fan to know that if we had someone to cover someone, um, you know, or, or just to you know have a solution at the yeah. end of the day, you know what I'm saying to 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 defend that um, we would have made our way into the playoffs. We ran out of corners that day, like literally going it, and Tom Brady knew it. Uh, yeah. Skyler, which spot would you say, because I know you're deep in film and stuff right now, uh, what spot would you say on the defense is the greatest need uh, going into the draft? I mean, I would definitely agree with Stu. I think they have to get a corner in this draft, uh, not even just because of injuries, but C.J. Anderson, like, is he, he going to be here for another contract? I don't know. Um, Previously. So you, you got to get, get depth and – I would say probably the other two spots, pretty obvious. Inside linebacker, you think you need to have a, another young guy to kind of pair up with Shaq, um, and then obviously get get another pass rusher. You know, I don't know what Deshaun Williams is going to look like. I know he had the one good year in Denver, but is that something that he can sustain, or is it just kind of a one year thing? So can't ever have enough pass rushers. And uh, Marquise Haynes is still here. Frankie Louvre is still here, but they're going to be playing kind of different spots. So I think they need to get more bodies that fit this scheme because they really don't have that. I mean, they have some guys, but for them to really run what they want to run, they got to get the guys that fit this defense best. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree. I'm with both of you guys. Defensive end and cornerback were the first two that came to mind. And we'll go a little bit deeper in this uh, as we go through the month of April. We got 23, 22 days until the NFL draft. So, uh, we'll continue this series with looking at the top four quarterbacks, uh, cutting through Skyler's tape. Next week, I think it's Bryce Young. Uh, maybe we'll get a little bit more in-depth with the defensive side as well. Um, of course, the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Go use their welcome bonus to get 50% off on your first bet. That's B-L-E-A-V, Believe. Uh, we'll be back next week, probably around the same time, probably around uh, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. Uh, we'll, we'll come back with a brand new episode again. Follow us, rate, subscribe, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio for all the video content, the audio content you can find on the Believe Podcast Network. For Skylar Callahan and Jonathan Stewart, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on Believe Podcast Networks. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.